Hello and welcome to Adapod, a podcast by the Australian Taxpayers Alliance. I'm your host, Emilio Garcia. Today, we discuss a crackdown on man's best friend joining you for a drink, as well as GetUp's completely reprehensible attempt to fundraise off a tragedy. Please enjoy the episode, and don't forget to stick around after the episode to learn more about the ATA. Please enjoy the episode. Here we are once again in the Australian Taxpayers Alliance office. I'm joined by Emily Dye and Brian Marlowe. Good day. Hello. Thanks for being here. So we're going to start the episode off kind of light, but also, you know, on a very sad uh, note for our best friends. Yes. Being man, humankind. Uh, we haven't been very kind to our dogs lately, have we, Emily? We have not. What happened? What happened to um, doggos? Yeah, so city councils have been shutting down uh, dog-friendly bars mm. because of so-called health violations. Okay. There is this one bar that they have like a dog area on the outside. Okay. But you have to walk your dog through the bar to get to the dog area outside. So like, no, we're going to find not you. Allowed. Not allowed. So they have an area in the back of their restaurant, of, of the restaurant or the bar. Yeah. Dogs can go there, but they don't allow any kind of <laughs> of movement from the entrance to the area. Exactly. Where the dogs can be, where dogs can go. Yeah. So the dog-friendly area like fits all the regulations and whatnot. Wait, wait, that wait. Seems... So does that mean they, like... Yeah, they have to magically appear. Yes. Can someone carry the dog there, or no? No, it just can't transition through yeah. the building. Oh, my God. That's, like, decriminalizing something. God, I just... Which have... is, like... No, I just... I, I, I know <laughs> yeah. that this is going to sidetrack the podcast, but I just... I hate bureaucrats so goddamn much, because, like, <laughs> yeah, just ban too. it. Just ban it. Yes. Right? Just own the fact that you don't want dogs in pubs mm-hmm. and ban it. But they don't. So they go, oh, we're not banning dogs in pubs, but they can't transport through the pub. Right. Just, yeah. It, they, yeah, they want to have their cake and eat it too, right? And right. it's just, it's bullshit. Well, it's just, I mean, I, I don't understand how someone could have a, an area that is, you know, where dogs can be, but there's no way for dogs to get there. Yeah. So, it, and that's why I use the decriminalizing analogy. Because, like, essentially, you know, you can have marijuana on you, but you can't buy it and you can't grow it. And we won't legalize it. Exactly. In so any like, way, shape, or form. It's like, right. so, it's like what? so how am I supposed to get it? Is it just supposed to appear? <laughs> it yeah. appears from the magical yeah, uh, weed fairy, fairy <laughs> and then just rocks up. But, okay, so Is there any legitimate claim to this health thing? I mean, maybe it's not a good idea to have dogs in the kitchen. Okay. Or licking your food, whatnot. Oh, well. But... <laughs> Yeah. That's not what's happening here. It's like they're trying to transition the dog through the building to go to a dog area. They're not even keeping the dogs in the building, mm. which I think should be allowed. It's like if you go to a dog-friendly pet pub, if you want to have your dog yeah. sitting by your table, dogs should be allowed yeah, to why, sit Why not? Like, what's wrong with that? But also, why can't I just accept the risk that if I go to a dog-friendly pub that maybe something, yeah, like, maybe might it won't meet the same health standards as, like, a, you know, a pristine place. But, like, why does that matter? I'm an adult. I can... Join well, the that's military. The issue. I can go and die somewhere. I yeah. can pay my taxes. I mm. can vote and go to prison if I commit a crime. But I can't make your own choice. Make my choice to go to a pub that 
you know, allows my dog to also come along. I think that's the issue. You're an adult, and you think that that grants you some kind of uh, level of responsibility that the government you should assess uh, risk on your own. Yeah, uh, which of course the government, especially here in New South Wales, is not going to be for. Now we like to to take aim at Victoria often, and yes. with right, you know, with virtuous cause sometimes I think. But honestly, I don't know if we have uh, legs to stand on. So Brian, what do you think? Like. Coming from New South Wales, do you think it's fair for us to, you know, kind of call no, I mean, Victoria? Uh, it, it, yeah, pot calling kettle black here, right? So it's like, yeah. ha ha, Victoria, your stupid nanny state doesn't allow dogs in pubs. Yeah. Okay, what happens if we want to go out and smile at night time? Well, no, <laughs> Gladys might shut that down. Like, Bad. But it, it's just the growing nanny state, right? And it, and it, it, it knows no state boundaries, mm. it knows no limitations, it's always one thing after another. Yeah. And people don't realize that it starts somewhere where people kind of don't really care and mm. it just keeps on going. This is an example of just something that affects very few people that can actually have a detrimental effect on a business. So okay. what I mean by that is how many people are going to get sick because you're allowing dogs to transition from the door into the backyard area of a pub? Probably none. None. Probably <laughs> none if that place lasts 100 years, right? But now that place is lost a very significant point of differentiation for itself. Yes. That pub, one of the great reasons that people go there is because that's the place where you can either take dogs or go chill with dogs, right? And now, because of a non-issue, they're going to the pubs that decided to use that as a point of differentiation and said, mm -hmm. you can't do it anymore, so, or we're going to make it a lot harder for you. But, well, I mean, we are talking about fringe of a fringe issue, right? But the thing is, it, it's the ramifications of, okay, well, if the council can dictate where I can take my dog and whether that private business can allow a dog inside, mm -hmm. what else can they dictate? Yes. Can yeah. they dictate trading hours? They certainly do that. Mm. It, 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 what it, if it, I want my dog in my kitchen? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Someday they might say that's not No, cool. not allowed. Well, I mean, this is, of course, as you say, I don't think that this is a pivotal moment uh, legislatively in Australia or anything, or New South Wales. I don't think that uh, it's going to make the no, history books. No, it's not, but My, it's just a sign of the creeping nanny state and how bullshit it is. I think it just represents it very well. I yeah, think it just, it's, it's a non-issue causing all of these problems for businesses for essentially no benefit. What it is, is, you know, you talk to pub owners around here at the mm. time of when, like, lockouts came in. And like, so Where's here is uh, King's Cross. Yeah, here right. in King's Cross. And I remember at the time, they're like, where is all this coming from? Why are they doing this all of a sudden? It's like, well, all those times you saw some stupid thing and you thought, oh, that's a dumb nanny state re uh, restriction, but you didn't really push back against it. That's what allowed it to then just ratchet up and ratchet up and ratchet up. And it goes back to what we've spoken about a few times, which is that, you know, it's like cutting away at something. You never yeah. really notice. Or like, you know, putting a... Well, like putting a frog in, in cold water and then slowly turning the heat up. It right. doesn't notice until all of a sudden it's dead. Yeah. Um... It's the same thing here. Yeah, okay, at one point it's just dogs not being able to go to pubs mm -hmm. with their owners. And then it's dictating, you know, what can be sold at what times, to whom, yeah. and just continuously strangling yeah. these businesses. And the other thing is, it actually benefits larger corporations. It oh, benefits it always larger does. businesses. So, yeah. like, the guy running a little corner pub somewhere finds all of a sudden he's losing a couple of customers, he's got very small margins, you know, very small profit margins... He can't serve certain things at certain times. Mm. In New South Wales, if you run a burger shop, you can't sell pink burgers. Right. Uh, which is catastrophic. Which is catastrophic because Just of, ruining burgers for yeah, everyone. Basically, Who wants a well-done burger? burger ruining. Yeah, exactly. Who wants a well-done burger? Uh, Gladys Berejiklian. Oh, yes, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Made of babies. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I, 
I think I think the point um, here. I mean, I, I don't think it's lost on our on our listeners that we're not actually uh, up in arms about the fact that they passed a law that says that you can't bring your dog into the pub. I mean, we're we think that it's stupid. We stand against these types of regulations. We don't think that this is like going to have some kind of uh, detrimental, massively detrimental effect on business or whatever. But I think that it's. The issue is that if we don't start to mention these types of things, like you said before, if we just let the small ones go and we say, well, that's not that important, that's not that pivotal, then they just keep doing little things, little regulations, until suddenly the casserole of regulations just comes together to really mess things up. Yeah. Well, one thing I do want to add is this isn't a Victoria law. This is a federal law. Um, Victoria is just choosing to enforce it. Really? Oh, I yes. see. Yes. So it's a federal health law that's instituted everywhere. Hmm. And most pubs in most states are just like, that's stupid. This is why you're our new policy director. I don't pay yes. attention to the detail. I just get grumpy in the office. Have we mentioned that you're the new policy director? Okay, well, I guess we have an announcement for our audience, by the way. Emily Dye is the new policy director, and I'm taking over her position. This is the part um, where you edit in the air horns. I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> We had to delete a comment I made earlier, so might as well get to editing. Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. Well, that's... <laughs> we don't need to edit that out. Yeah, exactly. We can keep that there. These regulations are stupid, and also Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. Yes. Two and also, I am absolutely. up in arms about not dogs not being in pubs. I think I mean, it was yeah. ridiculous. Like, there's a pub in uh, Leichhardt that I used to go to where mm. I could take my dog, and they've changed that now, so I can't. That's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. And now I, now I don't go there. And now Misty has to stand outside... Cold in the rain, Watching shivering, crying, <laughs> wondering where daddy is. <laughs> this is terrible. I think if anyone shouldn't be allowed in pubs, it's people that don't like dogs. I think we should have a sign on because all pubs. Because they're going to shoot the place up. Who doesn't like exactly. dogs? Exactly. It's like yeah. you're not, clearly not humans. So that would be allowing an animal in the pub. This is true. This is true. Uh, well, I want to make one more point just about the nanny state before we move on to our next subject, which is, and I've used this, this, uh, this example with you guys privately before, but I don't think I've said it on the podcast, is that when I when I just arrived in Australia, I was still a student and I, you know, was going out a lot. And there was this one area, I think it was near Altamo, and maybe Chippendale. And the thing is, when we wanted to take shots, my friends and I, the the bartender told us we had to go to the bar and take them in view of her. Which we thought was strange, and generally just get around the shots, take them to your table, whatever. But no, like she was prohibited by law to pour us shots and let us take to our table, right? Now, what I thought was probably happening is that there were like two or three incredibly strange people ordering seven shots, taking it to their table, and drinking all of them, mm. which is things that sociopaths do. But then essentially the council said, well, we have people doing this weird thing. You know, seven people are doing this weird thing where they drink seven shots at once. Uh, what do we do about it? Like, oh, I know. Let's inconvenience everybody. Let's burden every single consumer that wants a shot and drinks it responsibly. And I think that's just a great way to, to exemplify the way in which bureaucrats opt to solve an issue. It's not through some kind of intelligent uh, application of policy. It's just burden everyone to eliminate a very niche problem. Yeah. Well, it's a niche problem. It's really easy to solve. Let them take the seven shots back to their table. Let them take the seven shots. Yeah. And in the morning, they'll be like, never, ever doing that again. Or they'll just <laughs> go it's, it's a ham-fisted approach, right? Because bureaucrats are jacks of all trades and masters of nothing. So they don't know how to 
handle policy. Mm. They just have a very like you know drop the hammer approach to things, mm. which then creates all kinds of other issues that exactly. they then drop the hammer on. Like yeah, their their hand-fisted approach to public policy creates all these unintended consequences that they then put more hand-fisted approaches yeah. to, and it's just like. It's like whack-a-mole. Yeah, sometimes it's just better to, to, to lay off. Because let's say, for, for example, that this became a trend and people were taking shots at their table. That would have become a problem for bars. Oh, yeah. Bars yeah. would have taken care of it. And they would have done so much, much better. They probably would have gotten their security to keep an eye out for people uh, ordering shots. It would have been much less burdensome for everyone else. But, of course, you know, the, the, the heavy hand of government had to come in and fix it for us. Uh, and, and, and here we are. I think we can all agree, uh, breaking news, government bad. <laughs> and FC didn't kill itself. Okay, we're going to move on to uh, less funny news, I think less tongue-in-cheek news, because uh, all across uh, our state and parts of Victoria, I believe, there are uh, fires that are just yeah, going Yeah, I mean, a lot of it's crazy. concentrated in the mid-north coast of New South Wales at the moment. Right. It, it, that's that's where it's getting really serious. Obviously, yeah. we've had some people dying. Lots of houses have been lost. Uh, a lot of wildlife that we're fond of. Uh, some koala colonies have been wiped away, which is very sad. And obviously, uh, if, if, you, if you're listening to this and uh, it hasn't been resolved by then, which it probably won't, but we pray that it is... Uh, Go to our go to our Facebook page where uh, we're promoting a GoFundMe. It's going directly to the to the victims and the relief effort. So please, if you can, just give a little bit. A little bit goes a long way. But the reason we want to touch on this is because there is a group, a group who isn't very fond of us, by the way, uh, through <laughs> direct and or indirect means. Uh, Was it something that, we said? <laughs> uh, well, they're they're called GetUp. Yes. Do you know GetUp? Have you heard of GetUp? <laughs> just a couple of times. Exactly. Maybe. So GetUp uh, essentially saw that these people were suffering, losing their houses, there were people dying, and they said, well, the reason for this is because of climate change, and essentially politicians in the last, I don't know, how long ago did the Liberals win? Uh, oh, well, they uh, won earlier this year. Yeah, okay. So less, less than a year ago, these politicians came into power, and they caused global warming to get so terrible that they caused these fires. Yeah. So what you need to do is give us money, not the relief effort, give us money to lobby the the public into not voting for liberals anymore. Yeah, I think to really drive it home, essentially what they did is they sent out a fundraising email to all of their supporters going, there are bushfires in the mid-north coast and people are dying and there's houses being destroyed, mm-hmm. so give us money so we can engage in political campaigning against, against the liberals. liberals. As opposed to help the people out. Which is yep. ridiculous. So, I mean, we've been pushing the GoFundMe uh, yep. uh, campaign that was actually set up by people in the affected areas. Mm-hmm. Uh, every dollar that's raised goes towards buying, you know, clothing and all the kinds of stuff that's going to help the people that have lost their houses. Because exactly. when they lose their house in a bushfire, they also li- lose everything inside it. That's right. Uh, and it's just... I, I One, I don't like politicizing tragedies, mm-hmm. which is why we haven't been putting out stuff, you know, saying it's X, Y, and Z's fault for exactly. bushfires. Mm. Let's just help the people out that are actually dying and being affected by this, yeah. and then we can focus on the causes later. Yeah. Uh, but to see that come out of an organization that claims that they represent the everyday Australian and claims that they, you know, are, are essentially high-minded and woke, it's, it's just fucking bloody. Oh, it's shameless. And I think a lot of people have been acting very badly in... Yeah. Uh, this is a similar thing. It happens every time there's a shooting in the U.S. 
Yeah. It's immediately attack the guns, attack mm-hmm. the party, attack the Republicans. Yeah. It's Republicans' fault. You barely even notice that there's some kind of fundraiser to help people that are in the hospital at the moment. You yeah, barely no. notice that there's some, <laughs> there are things that can be done to help the local law enforcement to, to keep the area safe. No. The first thing is, whose fault is it? How can we make this? How can we play to our constituents? And, this, and the same thing is happening here to a degree. Yeah, it's, it's, it's how can I get angry at, you know, quote-unquote, the other side. Mm. So it's not just a left-wing thing. We've seen right-wingers go out there and say, well, this is the Greens' fault. And it's yeah. like, okay, well, sure, there's some policies around uh, collecting deadwood in national forests and things like that, national parks, rather, mm. that should be amended. Sure. Is that the conversation that needs to be had right now? No. Or should we just help the people that are being affected? That's exactly right. My money's on help the people that are being affected, which is why in the office we've been pulling together like spare clothes and yeah. all the old stuff that we don't need. Uh, I'll be driving it out to someone later this afternoon who mm. is then going to be taking it up to Tari over the weekend. Yeah, and we're not standing on a soapbox here. I think what we're trying to say, and the only reason we're even bringing this up, is because let's try to refocus the way that we're looking at an issue like this. When things like this happen in Australia, let's just let's let's stop the the you know, being political for just a few days, at least on this issue, yeah. and just focus on, on the affected people. I think that that's just an easy thing to do. And the reason we bring up GetUp is because it, it, it's, it's just very offensive to everyone involved that someone would use the tragedy that is affecting their property, their family, their homes, their, their environment, essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, animals and uh, trees and all these things that are, that are just completely getting wiped off the face of the earth. Uh, using it to get more money in their pockets to forward their own political interests, I think is really disgusting. Yeah, and it's something that, like, I would never even consider doing that. Uh, just just the idea of fundraising off of a tragedy like this mm. to not even... Like, to not even directly help the victims, right? Yeah. Like, just to go into a campaign fund to then campaign in the mm-hmm. future on question mark, yeah. it's it's just it's bullshit. And, and, and the people that punch that out should... The issue with uh, GetUp, yeah, with GetUp and organizations that are similar ideologically to GetUp, is that they're masters of narrative. They don't care about anyone really. What they care about is crafting a narrative and using that to forward a political agenda. So it's not that they care about disaffected people. We've seen them uh, abandon their cause celebre from one second to another when another more attractive one comes along. So they don't care about people losing their home. They don't care uh, if, if t- tomorrow it changes from climate warming to climate cooling. They, they don't care. What they care about is forwarding a left-wing agenda by going against anyone who is uh, to, the, to the right of Lenin, essentially. And uh, it's, it's, that, that's the reason that I think that something like this would happen. We wouldn't consider it because I don't think that we're, uh, we're partisan players, but we're not partisan players to the degree that we don't actually care about anything except getting... Yeah, exactly. And it's the thing where we have to have someone be at fault. It's this human mm. nature thing. It's like, whose fault is this? Why are we having these bushfires? Well, sometimes bad things happen. Sometimes bushfires happen. You happen to have a tree in Australia that's incredibly flammable. Yeah. And that's why you have exceptionally bad bushfires, mm. which we don't have in the US. We have bad fires, but not like that. Right. And yes, maybe forest management is a huge contributor. Mm. Maybe there it's the weather. The in weather does contribute. Services. Yeah. There's lots of things that contribute to this, yeah. and we don't need to place blame. Well, it's also such a huge territory that to try to allocate blame to a single person, organization, ideology, council, party, whatever, 
is ridiculous. It's very because there's so many things that can happen in such a large area. So many decisions get made. So many different po- points of view are, are, are come into play that to say before we even have any evidence, because we right now the only thing that's happening is the fires are trying to be put out. Yes. Once the fires are put out, then people go in and say, okay, we can actually start to track where this got started. When you know where it got started, you can kind of tell where, uh, why, and then once we know why, we can kind of start to attribute blame. What's happening now is just absolutely insane, and it's been so, so just bald-faced on both sides. Uh, but again, it's, it's a sign of like the political polarization that's going on at the moment, and mm. you know, it's happening in America to a much greater extent, but here it's starting to catch on, right? So like, in America, people ended up doxing a dog that, <laughs> that, that helped kill a terrorist. Because Trump liked the dog. Mm. And now it's like bushfires, people dying. How can I attack, insert, other side? And it's just, stop, get help. (laughs) I think people just don't like dogs. Apparently. (laughs) There's a subset of horrible people that don't like dogs and think bushfires are a good excuse to then stand on a fucking pedestal. Yeah. Yeah. They just don't. It's a bizarre world, man. There used to be certain things that we could agree on. That would be, we like dogs and tragedies are bad. Now, <laughs> now it's like, well, hold up there, Emilio. Exactly. Don't be so radical. <laughs> First of all, how dare you suggest I can't ban dogs from pubs and that I shouldn't use and tragedies them. to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I just... Every now and again, I think, oh, is the world really getting that polarized politically? You know, am I just feeding, am I just feeding into the fake news hysteria? But then I see stuff like this, and it's like... Just get help. You know what? Even though it's not, uh, it's not something that plays out in society. It's obviously all the. It's in the. the yeah, it's the it's the blue check mark goblins, right? Making things this bad. Uh, but still, it is happening. This is rhetoric that is happening. It's political. It's going to influence to some degree or another what happens in Australia in terms of policy and the party and affiliations and ideology. So even if it's a small a small subsection, it's still, I mean, just cancerous. It's still bad that, that, that people would, would want to politicize anything from a dog to a tragedy. Uh, it, it's, just, it's just ridiculous. On that note, fuck the government. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know really much. I, I don't know what else there is to say. I, like, I, you know what? Not fuck no. all the government. Fuck the, the, the parts that will be left once we just completely cut it down to its most basic. That part of government, I'm happy with. Yeah. I'm happy yeah. with firemen. I'm happy with police. I'm happy for people to come pick up the garbage. Though, rubbish. privatized um, firemen seems to be a thing in California. You've heard about this. I mean, I don't know if that's uh, replicable. You've heard, you heard about this, though? The fire crews in... I have, I have. For yeah. the, like, small community. I don't know if that's replicable across society to the degree that there'll be no more uh, state I have lots of opinion on firefighting, because okay. that was actually my first job. Oh, right. Yeah. Well... <laughs> My point being that when we when we get closer to the essentials, things that are close to home, uh, letting councils be in charge of schools and pools and not climate change and emergencies. like divestments from Israel or something silly, yeah, something stupid yeah. like that. I think then I'll have a far uh, better uh, feeling towards the government because Australia is fantastic. I love Australia, mm-hmm. obviously, uh, but yeah, the government definitely is not is not a friend of mine. Yeah, I mean, we sound like cynics. I mean, at the end of the day, Australia's an inherently good nation. Oh, yeah. uh, and it's a good nation because for a long time we haven't gone 
down this weird spiral of bullcrap. Mm. Uh, and we need to stop it because it's really, it, like, it's just infuriating and it takes away from, like, this is going to sound so stupid, but it takes away from that whole Australian spirit of like, it does. you know, a laid back attitude and uh, mm-hmm. just enjoying your own life. Luckily, the majority of Australians are actually like that. And well, because yeah, yeah, the majority yeah, yeah. of Australians We're... are like that, they agree more with us. Because if, you know, you have a prog and someone who's like on the centre-right describing to an, uh, to a just a common-day Aussie the issues, they're like, oh, well, what this blue-haired dude is saying is kind of fact. <laughs> this is the thing, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, Labour's been soul-searching, going like, why did we lose the election? GetUp spent millions of dollars. They threw money at, in Peter Dutton's electorate. The only head that they got was Tony Abbott's, and right. that was after squillions of dollars mm. thrown in one electorate. And they're sitting there wondering why they lost election. Because the election is like, maybe the same people who want to fundraise off bushfires. Yes don't quite know what gets the average Australian to vote for them. You, don't, you forget as well an app that completely shifted the political overtime <laughs> in Australia. Mission accomplished. We yeah. stopped shortening. Stop shortening. It was fantastic. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, the, yeah, I, I love the idea of having a bunch of people, a bunch of labor uh, officials in a room really going over and soul-searching and thinking, what did we do wrong? How could we have won this? Like, Have better they... policies and don't, and don't be so dismissive of yeah. the other side. Unlikable candidates. Terrible policies. I mean, most they, Australians the... just want to be left alone, live their own lives. They don't really yeah. care what their neighbor's doing. Exactly. And they don't want to force their neighbor to think in a certain way or act in a certain way. And so they're happy. Well, I mean, for me, a good pitch is not, hey, listen, we're going to raise all of your taxes. Your cost of living is going to go up. But it's okay because a hundred years from now, it might not get a little bit hotter. Okay, well, I think I'm going to vote for the people who are saying no. I'm going to ca- cut your taxes and I'm going to like make your business do well. Okay, you don't have to say that the liberals are necessarily going to do that, but that was their pitch. I know people That's that a more attractive the liberals pitch. through gritted teeth just because they didn't like yeah. the campaigns that Labour were advocating on. Mm-hmm. I have a fair few friends like that that are lifelong Labour voters yeah. that last election were like, wait, you're going to shut down a coal mine? Mm. I don't even work in a coal mine. I just work in another factory. But what yeah. if you turn around and decide that that's not an agreeable job? Exactly. So they don't understand that like people in other industries have sympathy for other working class people. Uh, so then they go, well, I don't like the idea of you just shutting down a mine in central Queensland. Right. So... I will, you know, yeah, not vote for you. Not even work. Not even just sympathy between working, like between Australians. Like for me, the concept mm-hmm. of people uh, in Adani, for example, a lot of people who uh, happen to be Aboriginal. Not that it's important, but you know, it's it's, mm-hmm. it's good to provide jobs to the to the community. That they're just not going to be able to have the wealth and riches of the rest of the country because some people in Footscray are just kind of you know not super keen on coal because they social media tells them it's bad. That's enough to tell you, hey, I'm not going to vote for these guys. Yeah. Not to mention, oh, hang on, I'm already paying property tax, which is the, <laughs> the price I need to pay to the government to own my own property every year. And you're going to say I have to pay more on top of that because I'm some kind of you know elite, white, evil devil? Uh, that's also not an attractive pitch. Uh, so yeah, essentially... Uh, during a tragedy, for the love of God, let's just focus on getting people the help they need, the support, and uh, uh, moral and financial, hopefully. Uh, and when it comes to dogs, uh, if you don't like them, that's fine. But you don't have to. No, it's you don't not. Have to, uh. Let's say freedom of association here. I'm <laughs> but please don't try to ruin uh, dog-friendly bars.
is for everyone else, just because you're some weird anti-dog bigot. Uh, so, but yeah, on, on that note, uh, Emily and Brian, if there's any closing remarks you'd like to make, now's the time. There are no, there are no closing remarks, so we're just gonna, we're gonna leave it there. This has been interesting. We'll talk next time. Thanks for listening to Adipod, a podcast by the Australian Taxpayers Alliance. If you care to know more about the ATA, visit their website, www.taxpayers.org, where you'll be able to see their mission statement, their projects, campaigns, objectives, and so much more. Remember, listening to the podcast is free, but creating it isn't. If you'd like to continue to see the Australian Taxpayers Alliance advocacy, please consider becoming a member or donating. You can do this on their website as well. This has been Adipod. We'll see you next time.